Welcome to Day Zero Update for January 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Logi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Red Victorio. And yeah, not a, a hugely eventful week for games, but uh, there's some decent news here. Yeah, it was uh, mostly eventful for life, but yeah, that's another story. <laughs> uh, we talked uh, enough about that on Let's Weekend, so mm-hmm. we'll mostly move on there. But uh, yeah, we got some demos and some uh, stuff on Spotify you should check out. Uh, a couple other things releasing here over the next couple of months. And uh, something shutting down that you may not have realized actually came out. Uh, some acquisition stuff and uh, a couple modder things. Uh, not really going to be a big show this week, but uh, you know it's still early in the year. Uh, but yeah, before we get to that news, uh, we will be talking about what we've been playing. And I'll start, uh, as I've been for the, the past couple of days, I'm playing some more Yakuza Like a Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, liking that a lot. I'm in uh, Chapter 4. Kind of got to a point where I'm just kind of running around doing uh, side quest stuff, mm. uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, did one that involved uh, a dude that was uh, publicly urinating into the local river mm-hmm. uh, in Yokohama, which was uh, fun. Especially because when you come up on it, it's like, oh, here's four guys. Kind of look like they're all doing it. you got to figure out which one's the real one. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, that usual thing. Uh, when I found the guy, he kind of kept going uh, to the point that he was kind of peeing enough to create a rainbow. The fact that I was like, okay, sure. Sure. Um, I had to fight some karate guys uh, in a park to get some wood to make a bookshelf, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of weird stuff in there. Then uh, yeah, I ran into a group in there called Bleach Japan. Which is like a anti, mm-hmm. uh, like prostitution group. <laughs> kind of the way they describe themselves is like there's you know the black and the the white parts of Japan, mm-hmm. and they're going after the grays to clean them, which are like <laughs> the the soap lands and that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, kind of prostitution and prostitu- prostitution style businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and trying to go after them legally and. Uh, by the time you're doing some of this stuff, uh, you have a cop in your group, mm-hmm. uh, Adachi, who no longer is a cop, but knows all the tricks and trades. Yeah. And so they're trying to bring up their permit things like, oh, this says for 10 people, but you have like 15, uh, that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, you're supposed to be on the streets, not up here on their sidewalk kind of yeah. thing. And all this gets them else that they're a march. So they're not supposed to be staying to harass one business and like getting them out of their their sight like that. So a lot of fun stuff in this game. It does a good job of layering on the the humor along with the serious stuff. So you know that's uh that's been a fun time. And uh yeah, they had the the Sujimon stuff, which is their like Pokemon thing, but it's not really catching anything, it's just more of a, a bestiary of enemies. So that's been fun. I ran to a group of dudes that were uh, trash people mm-hmm. and that they're wearing like trash bags. Uh, like one of their tags, like they're trying to find something valuable, I guess, to throw it at you. But most of the times that I've seen it, they didn't get anything. Lots of fun attacks, uh, especially with the way that uh, Ichiban has this weird ability where 
enemies transform into more yeah. fantastical versions. Most enemies just kind of turn into their same cells with like red eyes, but yeah. uh, some of the others like have like a like a broomstick and uh, a trash can lid, and that's what they're uh, they turn into the sword and shield, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the dialogue stuff. The dialogue from the Sujimon Professor is some of the best writing in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the public urination thing was pretty fun because they kept layering on uh, <laughs> metaphors for pissing uh, into the into the, the dialogue, and uh, it's it's really well done stuff. So, really great job on their localization here. So, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, also, been playing more Rocket League. Uh, nothing really uh, big going on there. They unlocked the second section of season long challenges uh which has some some doozies on there like uh play with a party for like 20 games which i'm only doing through the tournament stuff uh and you have to beat the first game you have to win the first game to actually get into a party with the other people they don't do that from the start for whatever reason so uh i managed to get a few times past it so that's good uh and all that but uh yeah, still going along with that. And I tried a couple of like clicker idle games that uh, I've been hearing things about. Uh, one mm-hmm. was Universal Paperclips, which is sort of a legendary browser-based one. Mm-hmm. There's also a mobile version of that, too. It's free-to-play. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat that, which I had to look up a guide on it because I didn't know. There are certain like upgrades you get uh, along the way that require very specific things to be done to unlock stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't know offhand. They don't really explain it in the game itself, so uh, the guide helped me get to the end, uh, which is pretty nice. And uh, the other one's NGU Idol. N-G-U Idol. Uh, I'm not sure what the origins of this is. I assume it's a browser-based game originally, but it's on Steam as a free-to-play game, and it's like a clicker game that makes fun of clicker games. Mm-hmm. has a, a bunch of ridiculous mechanics in it <laughs> that uh, I think the point I've gotten is you do initially, you do like level up these abilities and then it enables you to fight these bosses. And it's like, ah, there's, there's story down there if you want, you want that. But uh, sometimes it's not, you don't ne- need to worry about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And stuff like, uh, Hey, here's, here's a bunch of cheese for this one. Oh, there's a giant rat. And that rat's brother, then that rat's brother, and that's that that rat's brother. It just kind of keeps layering on in pretty fun ways. Mm. Uh, then you get this adventure mode that you're collecting loot, then using it to level up uh, and fighting enemies that drops more loot and all that kind of stuff. Then there's like a time machine that just siphons more gold into your account to to do upgrades and such. And then there's blood magic. That's uh, that's like half of the items that are on the on the menus that I have to that I've unlocked so far, and still have half more to go. So it's a lot of weird, stupid, and silly stuff. But uh, there's tons of upgrades in there to buy with uh, the various currencies it has and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it's a neat little game. Might stick f- with it for a little bit while longer. See what uh, is needed to get all that far into it. So that's been pretty much it. How about you, Brandon? Alright, yeah, well, uh, as for me, I am playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition that I got for Christmas. Um, And I will repeat, like what I said on last weekend, if you are wanting to play 
a Xenoblade Chronicles, this is the edition you're going to want to play. Um, all of the issues that they had uh, with the game's original release, like all the pop-ups and the low textures and you know the sort of wonky character animations, they've gone back and fixed all of it. Um, the pop-up is much rarer. Um, most of the textures are... You know, they've improved most of them. Um, and uh, the actual, like, character animations both in and out of uh, the uh, of gameplay look so much better. Uh, they don't have that weird sort of Muppet effect like they did in the original. Um, I will say, though, uh, that being said, there are still some graphical issues. Um, I've seen a lot of clipping. Um, but that's partly due to... Uh, the nature of the way the game is, you know, the, like all the characters have like a customizable wardrobe and everything. And so stuff's going to clip against stuff. Um, and uh, for some weird reason, all of their walking animations are really wonky. I don't know why it's like that, but it, just look at some of the um, the just watch some of the cutscenes from the Definitive Edition on YouTube. And it's literally like they just walked out of the ministry for silly walks. It just. It's a little weird. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's absolutely... I mean, it's still Xenoblade Chronicles. It's an amazing game. Um, there is a reason why this freaking game is like considered to be the game that single-handedly saved the JRPG from extinction. Um, but uh, yeah, um, if you ever get a chance, yeah, play it. And play this version. That's the version you're going to want to play. Um, but uh, yeah, so... Yeah, probably better than the 3DS version, which doesn't quite fit the screen too well. Yeah, it is so superior to the. Um, it is just just so superior to the uh, 3DS version and the original Wii version. It's not even funny. Um, and yeah, that game like what makes that game so unique is just all of the amazing twist it takes in its story. Um, you'll you just it's one of those things you have to play but um uh also i went to uh since it's kind of on sale right now on the uh psn i went back and i got a near automata the yorha edition which is the original game with all the dlc and stuff that comes with it um it's been a been a few years since i've played that game and i'm kind of excited to go back to it um because uh, the game really is legitimately amazing. And considering that we're getting uh, that near replicant remaster that's coming out in, I think... A couple of months, I think. I think April. it's either like March or April. Um, you know, I figured, yeah, might as well go back to it. Um, and uh, I finished uh, my first full playthrough of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, so I've kind of... In the middle of doing my review right now, I decide I'm also going to go ahead and do another playthrough with a different character, um, well, a different setup and backstory and stuff, and see if there's like any significant differences between the two. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. So, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, nothing much that's uh, that's really been new. Um, still in Animal Crossing. Uh, nothing really new to report there. Uh, still playing Madden and you know bite-sized chunks because we're in the NFL playoffs right now. It's been a crazy week for the NFL playoffs. Like we actually just finished a game that was on Nickelodeon, and it was uh, much better than I ever anticipated it being. 
like there was slime in the end zone and stuff all in AR. But um yeah, it's another that's another discussion. Um going to back going back to what I'm playing, uh I started Yakuza Zero yesterday. Um it's weird because like so since even even though all of the Yakuza games uh pretty much happen in chronological order, I played mm-hmm. them ridiculously out of order. I played like three and then I played five and then I played six. So mm-hmm. yeah, like there there there's really like no um uh, there's really no consistency to uh, the stories in which in the order that I'm playing them. So um, I'm I'm just pretty much going to try to marathon them and see how, how it goes from there. Um, and one of my um, small annoyances is, is, is the fact that you have to save by going to like phone booths and things like things like that, where uh-huh. in, in Yakuza Like a Dragon, you actually you can save it at any, at any time like most modern RPGs. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that, that that's been rather different. But I'm I'm looking forward to jumping back in there. Um, I also uh, played a little bit of the Monster Hunter Rise demo. Um, it's a new item, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about it uh, a little bit later. But uh, I played it on my brother's Switch, so I played primarily in handheld mode, and I'm actually mm-hmm. fairly impressed with how smooth the game is and how it looks. Um, mm-hmm. I did not play uh, Monster Hunter Generations uh, on uh, on Switch, so. Um, I'm fairly new to the Switch experience, but um, I played a lot of Monster Hunter World uh, when that came out a couple of years ago, and yeah, like it's actually really, really impressive on handheld. So um, I'm downloading it again right now to play on my own Switch to play in uh, uh, on docked mode to see how it uh, to see how different it is. But yeah, like so far, um, everything's like extremely lush, and I hope to uh, enjoy it more a little later. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll report on it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Hey, all right. So yeah, that's uh, that's been what we've been playing. So let's get to some news here. Uh, got two things here. First up, uh, some new additions to some of the subscription services you may have with uh, Game Pass and PlayStation Now. Uh, Game Pass here. We've got seven new games announced right now. Uh, let's see. The the notable stuff here is like Injustice Two. Uh, for consoles and PC and Android. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torchlight 3 for console and Android. Mm. And let's see, the Y2K, uh, a postmodern RPG on there. Mm. Not really too much oh, uh, being I, added right now, but... I I played Y2K last year. That game really sucked, but what yeah. is really a good one. Yeah, that one's on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that have not played it before, that one's well worth checking out. Uh, PlayStation Now. Uh, these games are all available now. There's The Crew 2, uh, which I'm definitely interested in trying out. See how it differs from the first game. Uh, the Surviving Mars, which is the kind of uh, uh, survival uh, like tycoon kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you build like a colony on Mars uh, and trying to keep them sustainable uh, for as long as possible. And uh, Frostpunk Console Edition, which is similar to that, except uh, you're in like a post-apocalypse, apocalyptic Earth, but it's like nuclear winter. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to keep everybody warm and alive, uh, exploring around the nearby areas, getting you know your materials and all that. And I believe, not mentioned on here, also the Bioshock Collection has also been mm-hmm. added uh, for permanent edition. So you can check out all three of those games as well. So uh, that's uh, pretty nice uh, mm-hmm. additions right there, uh, especially if you're into the like uh, strategy kind of games. To that, 
Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a couple demos out now. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had a big video presentation showing off some new enemies and uh, locations and such. Uh, and also revealing that, uh, yeah, the demo's out on Friday. And is available until February 1st at 3 a.m. So you can mm-hmm. check that out. It also has online functionality in it, so you can play some uh, online co-op if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you have uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a, one of the more feature-packed demos they've had in a while. Yeah, so for Monster Hunter fans, the main reason why you'll want to play this game is to, one, you know, get your feet back in the water because, like, you know, Monster Hunter has a lot of complex uh, controls and things like that. And, like, the main thing with this one is that you're pretty much... Uh, they pretty much give everything to you on the onset. So um, there's a lot of different weapon types, and you'll be able to use them all. And there's going to be two main missions. One is really good for beginners, and then the mm-hmm. other one is um, really good for uh, veterans of the series. So you have one that's rather easy, quote-unquote, and then another one that's going to be a bit more difficult. So there's really... Um, like if if you're really on the on the fence about whether or not you should try Monster Hunter out, this demo is a really good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I've heard, they've uh, done a good job of kind of incorporating new elements from World into this game. Yeah, uh, and I believe it's on a new engine too, uh, like their modified version of the Resident Evil engine. They're kind of ma- working with uh, for all their games now, uh, so it should look like a pretty good upgrade against. The, the most recent game they put on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I guess Generations Ultimate. Yep. So, you know, uh, definitely worth checking out. I know it crashed the eShop when this thing launched, so... <laughs> yep. Because people that uh, thirsty for some new Monster Hunter. Uh, the, the, the game will be out March 26th, so you got about two months to go before that. Uh, the other big demo that released this week is Ease 9, Monstrum Nox. Yep. Uh, they hit the PS4. <laughs> yeah, so you can download that uh, early before the, the launch of the game on February 2nd. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, main thing with, the main thing with this demo is that uh, you can only play the 10 minute chunks. So as soon as you start, they put a timer on you. So um, it can really all end prematurely. And that's kind of rough for a demo. Um, that being said, that's one of the reasons why I chose not to play it. The other reason, the other uh, main reason being, um, you can't save your progress. And to me, like mm-hmm. um, RPGs are already so long, and this is a Falcom RPG, so this is going to be a pretty lengthy one. And you know, if, if I'm not going to be able to save my progress, I'm not going to waste my time. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention, with the game coming out um, early next month, um, I'm pretty sure we should be getting it soon. So I'd rather not waste my time. Yeah, you know. I'll say again what I said when uh, 8 came out, which is, uh, you know, after 8 games, you think Adel would just learn to avoid boats for the rest of his life. <laughs> eh, he's, got a, he's got things to do. <laughs> and it seems like that world is uh, a lot of ocean water out there. Not really a ton of big land masses for him to stay on for long periods of time. <sighs> if but, you say uh, so. And uh, as there's something else you can check out, that was not a demo, but uh, Atlas and Sega has put up a bunch of Persona soundtracks on Spotify and Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe games from Persona 2, 3, 4, and 5, as well as uh, stuff from their spinoff games like Persona Q and Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, 
uh, even a few live albums from when mm. concerts were a thing. Uh, so you can go check that out if you want some uh, Persona music to play on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, coming out here on January t- uh, 12th on Tuesday, Fall Guys will be getting Doom costumes. Uh, for those that are still playing that, get some uh, fun little Doom-looking uh, dudes. Mm-hmm. That, uh, from what I saw of them, uh, looked pretty good. Yeah. So that's I'm uh, glad that, that that game is still kind of puttering along because I thought after Among Us hit it big, I thought they had kind of stole all their thunder. But no, it's still got uh, a lot of people playing that thing. All right. uh, and they keep putting in new content, so people keep checking it out. Yeah, All I right. was watching a stream of uh, Fall Guys the other day. I think it was kind of funny doing it. And I was surprised at all the new stuff they have as far as their minigame content. I haven't jumped yeah. back into it yet, but after watching, I was like, wow, this game is totally different than it was when it first came out. Yeah. Mm. yeah some of the stuff they added for the, the winter uh, season was pretty nice. Including uh, like a version of the, the hex grid uh, stage, mm-hmm. but. It's like ice chunks, three like three layers of ice chunks. So you're kind of uh, walking on them, and they start breaking. Uh, I think it needs like three jumps on them, or you stay mm-hmm. on them for like three seconds, something like that. And so you kind of try and break them down, just so that when somebody steps on them, it's like the last, uh, or it's about to break, or it's they can't stand on it anymore, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a pretty weird little thing. But uh, it gets rid of some of the uh, the weirdness of the the original kind of stages, but yeah, it's a uh, uh, pretty nice game. They're doing a good job of supporting it. Uh, and speaking of supports, the next Binding of Isaac expansion is coming out here on March 31st, uh, Repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, they've only got a date for Steam right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've said, I think Switch is uh, also playing sometime. Uh, after that, but no other consoles are mentioned. Hmm. Uh, that'll be a fourteen ninety nine uh, expansion, and requires all the previous packs to play it. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, quite a bit. So it's based on a mod called Anti Birth. Uh, a lot of content based on that. So some like one hundred thirty new items, uh, which brings it to over seven hundred which is crazy for that. Uh, it also adds true co-op for the first time. Uh, there's been co-op in Rebirth for a bit, but the second player was kind of a support baby that flew around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the little like assist uh, babies that would help you out. Mm-hmm. Now it'll be a second uh, Isaac. Mm. So even more chaos uh, potential for that stuff. Uh, with all the the way the the effects and all that go crazy. So yeah, mm. that's... Uh, uh, a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. I need to get back to playing the, what I've got so far. It's been a while since I've been playing that. But yeah, uh, one of the games uh, coming out for next gen, Outriders, mm-hmm. has been pushed of to course. April 1st. Uh, about two months after its uh, original Groundhog Day release date. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sort of uh, make it up for that. So they're going to be having a free demo. It comes out February 25th, so people mm-hmm. can check it out uh, ahead of time. All right. That'd be interesting to see, see what that game has to offer. Hmm. Yeah, you can play solo or with up to three players in co-op. 
Uh, your progress and character uh, upgrades can transfer to the full release. Mm. So there's a good reason to check it out. Plus, it's made by People Can Fly. So Yeah. And so if, be... if, you've a, if you've played a People Can Fly game before, you uh, you know the kind of insanity you're in for. Yeah, hopefully it's better than some of the writing for Bulletstorm, which is yeah. all dick tits and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the that's coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, as well as PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Mm. I assume it's getting demos for all those versions. Mm. But uh, we'll see. And yeah, Minecraft Earth. If you remember that game. Uh, like it released last year. Yeah. At some point, at least in like a beta form. Yeah. Uh, but they announced that, uh, hey, they're shutting it down. Yeah. Uh, here by uh, June 30th. Yeah. Uh, did release an update that removed real money transactions. Mm-hmm. Drastically reduced the Ruby costs, uh, including all completed unreleased content currently in their pipeline, mm-hmm. reducing time requirements for crafting and smelting, replacing unused crafting and smelting boosts with radius boosts of the same level, and granting a set of character creator items to players who sign in between January 5th and June 30th. And yeah, mm-hmm. so that seems like they might be actually making the game fun before they kill it. Yeah. Uh, removing all the monetization stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, good stuff. Uh, maybe I'll check that out. I've had it on my phone a number of times and never started it up. Mm. So maybe I will now. But uh, Microsoft also been busy talking to, doing their surveys they do in their insider program. Uh, they sent one out to people that own the Series X and maybe S as well, mm-hmm. uh, asking if they would like them to add some new features to the controller. Uh, specifically ones that are like the uh, the features they have in the DualSense for the PS5. Mm. Stuff like uh, the haptics and the adaptive triggers, which I think would be a good idea. Especially a better way to help get those features uh, more universal in games, uh, which would be pretty nice. Because uh, they haven't really changed those controllers too much over the past, uh, since the Xbox One launch. I think the, the one major thing they changed... Uh, is adding the uh, the headset jack mm-hmm. uh, shortly after the the Xbox One launch. After realizing, oh yeah, people would actually like to get their audio directly from the controller, and not have to do all the expensive headsets and plugging them up to the HDMI thing or optical audio or whatever they use that kind of stuff. Uh, so hopefully that uh, ends up being a thing they add in at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely something to monitor. I mean, I don't know. Like the the, the thought of buying a new controller again, like mm. especially after I just bought some on Black Friday, would kind of be disappointing. Uh, yeah, I understand the the route that uh, you know Microsoft would want to take in order to catch up with Sony, but you know you don't really want to be reactive in the approach. You want to be proactive, and uh, mm-hmm. this is definitely not that. Um, mm. But again, like we're what maybe. Two almost three months into this into this new generation, and as impressive as the Dual Sense is, um, because we haven't really seen any new releases from Sony or any PS5 releases that actually make use of the technology, um, I wouldn't really put all my eggs in, into that basket yet. I mean, you know, you, you look at the HD Rumble, like Nintendo made a huge deal deal about that too, but then you know, 
everybody forgot about it. So mm-hmm. I hope Sony doesn't go that route. And if if they if if they do, you know, make good with it. And if Microsoft wants to do it too, I just I, I just hope they have the uh, development power to really make this work. Yeah. Though I wonder if they would relegate it to like the the next elite controller. Yeah. So you got to pay like two hundred bucks for access to those kind of features. It's a possibility. Uh, which I want to say the most recent Elite isn't a Bluetooth controller. Mm. I want to say that was something that people mentioned. Uh, being a weird thing. There was something noteworthy that was missing uh, that people weren't happy about. So, yeah, that could be uh, uh, nice to see. So it's not like uh, it's not like Microsoft's uh, a tiny company that can't afford this stuff. Uh especially when they're kind of charging the same amount for the controller and like the, the noteworthy changes, like, Oh, they had the, the share button and the D pads like a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, for this time around. Even gyro would be nice uh, to get that kind of standardized between all three platforms mm-hmm. right now. But uh, let's talk about some acquisition news. And before we get to the, the stuff that actually happened, let's talk about, uh, a funny little story here about something that luckily didn't happen. Uh, when Microsoft came into the front for uh, working on their Xbox console, they were looking at uh, acquisitions to make and uh, had a number of uh, companies here They that uh, is mentioned here by uh, who is this? Kevin Bacchus, mm-hmm. Microsoft's former director of third-party relations for the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. He said... Uh, they put in uh, pitches for Electronic Arts, Midway Games, and Square, which was before they mm. merged with Enix. E- EA declined. Uh, Final Fantasy developer Square said, uh, ah, "It's not. It's it's a lowball offer." Mm. Uh, and then one also on their list uh, was Nintendo. Mm. Uh, <laughs> as he says, Steve, as in Steve Ballmer. Uh, mm-hmm. Made us go meet with Nintendo, see if they would consider being acquired. Uh, mm-hmm. They just laughed their asses off. Like imagine an hour, somebody just laughing at you. That was kind of how that meet, how that meeting went. Yep, uh, which is not really surprising. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We actually had yeah. Nintendo in our building in January 2000 to work through the details of a joint venture, where we gave them all the technical specs of the Xbox. The pitch was their hardware stunk compared to Sony PlayStation. It did. So the yeah, idea, and this is talking about. Uh, Nintendo 64 and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea was, listen, you're much better at the game portions of it with Mario and all that stuff. Why don't you let us take care of the hardware? But it didn't work out. <laughs> Gee, Which, I wonder why. They, they were not happy with how their partnership with Sony happened on the mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo PlayStation. So mm-hmm. I was surprised that the similar pitch from Microsoft did not go anywhere either. Mm. I hope the snacks were good at least. <laughs> yeah, got some good pretzels. Like uh, uh, just 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 from the way way it sounded, it, like I, I don't know if if that's true with the article, but like he's saying, imagine if you were sitting there for an hour getting laughed at. I mean, if I'm going to be laughed at like that in a meeting like that, I would have left a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mm. but they're both of those companies are very close to each other up in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I imagine it wasn't necessarily like, oh, they flew for a few hours or whatever to get mm. this dumb offer and then, like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, that's how uh, Microsoft just stuck to making their own hardware uh, instead of trying to partner with Nintendo, which is a smart idea. Uh, but yeah. Mm. And luckily they didn't acquire one of the major publishers at that point. Mm. Uh, yeah. So we could at least keep getting their stuff uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was uh, a tale of uh, Microsoft in the early days acquiring companies. <laughs> but yeah, that is... Uh, Let's talk about some acquisitions that actually happened, and both of these are from Epic Games. All right. Uh, Epic Games in North Carolina, you know, one of the bigger companies there. Uh, and they have been growing steadily and needed mm-hmm. a new place to have their headquarters in. And they decided, hey, malls aren't really a thing anymore, especially now with yep. uh, coronavirus mm-hmm. uh, going on. Uh, so they bought the Cary Town Center mm-hmm. uh, Mall. That is in, I think, Cary, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, which is where they're headquartered. Say so they're about two miles from Epic's current H- uh, H- uh, HQ. So, mm-hmm. bought it for about ninety-five million dollars mm. for a nine hundred eighty thousand square feet mall, mm. which that is a huge building, and already conveniently set up for various separate rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got to figure out who wants. Yeah, who wants the uh, the Annie's pretzels uh, booth? Who wants the mm. GameStop room? You know, the Hot Topic. Yeah, you just keep that and make that the the company store uh, kind of thing. You know, which seems like a, a thing that's been happening a lot for corporations, just buying up malls mm-hmm. as a uh, big office space. Mm. Uh, Actually, really don't have to do too much work on them as you know office rooms and meeting rooms and all that kind of stuff. Just take out the, the crap that's in there and just put in desks, chairs, tables, all that kind of stuff uh, and all your stuff. So that seems like a fun thing for their office people to like figure out how to situate people, mm-hmm. especially if it's got a, a parking structure next to it as well. Mm. Yeah, it seems like the the most recent owners picked it up in 2019 for 31 million dollars. So they made a, a good bit of extra, mm-hmm. uh, about three times that yep. uh, in return. So probably better than most malls are going to do. Mm-hmm. So that's uh that's the one uh, epic uh, acquisition that happened. The other one they bought Rad Game Tools, mm. uh, which you might recognize from some of the middleware. Logos you've seen in games launching, like Bink, mm-hmm. uh, the video codec team, and I think it's like Granny 3D and a couple other uh, middleware tools that uh, are fairly prominently used in various games. That, uh, they're more video-focused, I think, for uh, a lot of their tech. Yeah, I'm looking here. It has Granny 3D for their like 3D models. Mm-hmm. As a Miles sound system, uh, Oodle data, data compression, and Bing 2 is like the video codec for games, which you've probably seen in a lot of games. But uh, yeah, they're going to fold that into Unreal Engine tool set. Mm-hmm. So some added functionality for people, uh, for those using Unreal Engine. So another big acquisition for Epic there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as for acquisitions, Nintendo announced that they're purchasing their longtime partner. Next level games. 
a Canadian studio that's been working with them for a long time. Yeah. Uh, most recently, they made Luigi's Mansion 3. I uh, made that 3DS Luigi's Mansion game as well as Super Mario Strikers, mm-hmm. uh, those games. So, yeah. as well as the Punch Out remake on the Wii. Mm. And uh, also Metroid Prime Federation Force. Yep. So, they got a <laughs> long history of working with them, but yeah. uh, generally working on some pretty good stuff there. Yeah. Um, generally, uh, when Nintendo acquires a studio, it's generally pretty good, a pretty good news because. They uh, they're one of the few like companies that knows how to like actually, you know, get the full potential out of the companies out of the studios that they that work under them. Um, you know, I, again, I'll turn to Monolith Soft, which you know was before they joined up with Nintendo. You know, they famously made uh, Xenogears and you know the Xenosaga trilogy, but you know both of which are great games, but. You know, it was because, you know, Nintendo was able to get them to sort of refocus on certain aspects that they had kind of been neglecting up to that point, which is namely trying to find a good way to integrate gameplay and story without having the story overpower the gameplay. And they ended up making Xenoblade Chronicles and knocking it out of the park. So, yeah, this is really a um, no brainer acquisition for Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you look at their portfolio, and they've really primarily been working on Nintendo games to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the fact of the matter is, like, you know, um, I think the, the main reason why this is actually like significant news um, is the fact that it, it's a Western developer that they picked up. Uh, you know, yep. they're they're based in Canada, um, and you know, they 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 have the portfolio that they have, and um, it definitely does add some firepower uh, to. Um, what Nintendo has, like, you know, Sony has Naughty Dog and um, Insomniac and all that, and Microsoft, you know, bought and made, made these acquisitions, and, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they can't leave Nintendo in the, in, the, in the dust in that regard. And, you know, as long as this ends up with another Mario soccer game, I'm all Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. want to see Mario Strikers come back. Exactly. Because, like God, that was a, that was a great freaking idea for a sub-franchise that sadly... Just, I mean, it it did well, but it just they just never picked it back up afterwards. Yeah, it would yeah. seem it's, right it's to been on GameCube and Wii, and they're both great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a matter of uh, coming back. It would seem right to get a Switch edition because the tennis and golf stuff has been kind of done to death for them mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, not that they're bad or anything; they're just kind of you get one a generation. And it's like okay, well, wait for the next one if this one's not particularly great, but. Uh, you know, FIFA still does huge numbers, and the Switch does huge numbers. Mm. Seems like having another soccer game on there would be uh, a big deal for them. Mm. Yeah, and like you, you mentioned, Mario Golf in that regard, and we don't even have a Mario Golf game on on Switch yet. So, yeah, uh, granted that that's Camelot, but you know, same thing. So, I, I I definitely think we could use more Mario sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially going outside of the just golf and tennis has been largely what they've been doing on most. Other platforms mm-hmm. since the N64. Um, yeah. Be nice to see them branch out a bit because they did a baseball game on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the the Wii as well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it outside of like Wii Sports and like that weird sports collection that Square did for them on mm-hmm. the DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like basketball and some other stuff, but you were controlling with the the touch touch screen. Yeah, which is not I a great the, way to play sports I know games. The Switch just had a 
Uh, they've had FIFA for a few years, but if you guys remember the last IGN review on the last FIFA game, like they pretty much just copy and pasted last year's review to their review and uh, gave EA like a whole bunch of shit for it. Uh, you know, if, if, if Nintendo and uh, Next Level were to come up with uh, their next Strikers game and just have it like, you know, e- EA's lunch, it would be awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they're doing, I think, the what they call the Legacy Edition, which is kind of what they did for the the PS2 after the the PS3 and Xbox 360 came out. It's like, oh, oh this is kind of the same game. We just update it uh, with some small stuff, mm-hmm. small changes, and that's about it. Because they're not... They're not really worth uh, the extra uh, development work on it, I guess, but not that worthless that they don't want to have a game out that they can make money off of. Mm-hmm. Kind of that weird, weird gray area where it's like it's worth having, but it's not worth putting as much money in as like the next gen versions. That's what the Switch I mean, version is kind of at this at this point. Even the GameCube version of NBA Street had Mario in it. I don't see why they couldn't have at least done that. So, you know, yeah. whatever this this does happen, I I, I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All so, right. that is uh, Nintendo's acquisition there. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one they've had in a while. But uh, let's talk about another thing here. Modder uh, figured out that Breath of the Wilds NPCs mm-hmm. uh, are kind of based on uh, the Mies, like a more advanced version of that. Yeah, kinda. Um... It's a it's a whole weird thing, but somebody on Twitter that is a modder that has run an account that kind of has all sorts of information about Mies on the the Wii, Wii U, uh, 3DS, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, figured out that you can kind of inject me data into uh, the game to create NPCs, and it largely works. Yeah, I think they said there's kind of like the Wii Mies would be. The numbers you would use would be like the whole numbers, and this version could go decimals. Mm-hmm. So there might be some odd ways that it translates into the into Breath of the Wild, but mm-hmm. uh, you can sort of uh, work with it a little bit if you need to. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a pretty pretty interesting uh, way for people to figure this out because mm-hmm. they didn't really stand out as like being. Uh, anything like Mies when you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did a good job of styling them uh, well enough to kind of hide that kind of stuff. But uh, she, she has been here. She, I'm not sure who it is, but uh, they have been uh, showing off a bunch of uh, injections of uh, different kinds of Mies into it, showing off how they look in the, the full game. And it oh. all looks really good. Yeah. Like it makes uh, you wonder if there'll be a way for Nintendo to kind of take advantage of this and yeah, offer a way for you to put your own Mies into the game. Yeah, the uh, one of the comment commenters at the bottom he like he says he wonders if uh, this one particular uh, NPC whose like image is clearly supposed to be based on a uh, the late Satoru Iwata, um, if this is actually like what the this was this particular NPC was literally made by feeding the system you know uh, Iwata's personal me information. Um, yeah, I don't know. And if you look at it, it's like, yeah, I can totally see it. Um, yeah, because I mean, anybody who ever used like a me, you know, back in the day, they remember what a me looks like, uh, and how like their sort of designs worked. 
Uh, because basically yeah. with these hair was basically like just another hat you put on your head. Um, and you look at the NPCs, it's like, yeah, yeah, those are definitely just like more advanced wheat uh, me's more than anything else. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the surprising thing to me is that, you know, um, Breath of the Wild has a, had a fantastic art style. And the fact mm-hmm. that they use something as simplistic as me's to really mm-hmm. like, you know, li- liven up uh, the game. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, it just really goes to show that Nintendo really knows what they're doing when it comes to maximizing their hardware. And this is a launch. Yeah. This is a Wii U game, you know? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yep. So, yeah, that is, uh, that is something that uh, was neat and somebody figured this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about something else uh, that modders helped uh, bring back to life. There was... Uh, if you remember when uh, the Tomb Raider series was being taken over by uh, Crystal Dynamics, uh, mm-hmm. they made Tomb Raider Legend, I think it was. It was kind of their mm-hmm. first uh, game in that style. Uh, core design was still around, and we're working on a game for the PSP called Tomb Raider 10th Anniversary Edition, which is obviously going to be like a remake of the original Tomb Raider uh, mm-hmm. for its 10th anniversary uh, for the PSP. Yeah. And they put a lot of work into it. Uh, intended for it to come out in 2006, but uh, they had gotten uh, pushed out of that uh, project by Crystal Dynamics, mm-hmm. who worked on uh, what was it called? They made a Tomb Raider anniversary, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of the same thing, uh, but for the PSP, I think it came out for the PS2, maybe Wii. Uh, and eventually this game kind of just went by the wayside, lost to time because, uh, you know, it's a canceled project, nothing really uh, keeping it going. So uh, one of the original developers on that game for Core Design uh, kind of found the uh, the original code for that game and kind of uh, finished it. I think there's still some, uh, uh, no, like, enemies or anything in it. So it's just kind of like a, uh, the levels that they managed to get finished. Uh, you can kind of go run around in and explore. Uh, and I guess they, like, when this got canceled, they tried to rework the game into an Indiana Jones game, and that also mm-hmm. got canceled. <laughs> uh, then they got acquired... Uh, well, they got sold off by Idos to Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Working on Shellshock 2. Yep. Uh, which also did not sell well, so they eventually mm-hmm. got uh, shut down. And so, yeah, the, the developer here, I'm trying to find what their name is, uh, Ash Caprilov, uh, operator of the Tomb of Ash blog, uh, revealed that they yeah had figured that, found the the old code and kind of salvaged it and worked it into uh, sort of a playable prototype. I believe you have to install some stuff to run it and you can play with either a DualShock 4 or an Xbox 360 controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can play it now on PC. Kind of check it out. I guess they're also maybe working on salvaging it for a National Treasure game mm-hmm. back when that first movie was coming out <laughs> but also did not go anywhere. So, you know, mm. kind of a weird bit of history, but yeah, kind of a neat little 
Tomb Raider thing you can check out and see like what what a different kind of anniversary Tomb Raider game mm-hmm. would have looked like uh, from some of the or the original studio. I don't know about the original devs, but something that you can check out. I think they have a link to it here. Mm. But okay. uh, yeah, you can check that out. And uh, I think that is it for today. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you to Brandon and Dan Rev for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week with some new stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, but for the time being, have a good one, and we'll see you All next right. time. See you, everybody. Ooh.